out why you want to be half-stepping. Why don't you want to sell out? She said. And of course, her premise comes from the book of Nehemiah, who was called by God to build the walls of Jerusalem. And while they were building the enemies, you know, two enemies in particular, Tobias and Sabalat, both of them wanted to get him to come down off the wall to stop building. And he refused to come down. That's the premise of Helen Baylor's song. I won't come down. And the devil wants me, to, wants me to come down. God has called me to serve him, to build the walls. I'm not coming now. See, Paul said, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I want to be mastered by my master, Jesus Christ. You're not your own, Paul said. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12, 19, and 20. Here's a text that we want to uh, lay before you this morning. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 15. Verses 12 through 15, 16, and 17. Here's what the text says. If a fellow Hebrew, a man or woman, sells himself to you and serves you six years, in the seventh year, you must let him go free. And when you release him, do not send him away empty-handed. Supply him liberally with your, from your flock and fresh him for and your wine press. Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. That's proportional giving. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. Verses 15, uh, 16 and 17. But if your servant says to you, I do not want to leave you. I don't want to go. Because he loves you and your family and is well off with you. Then take an all a borrow and push it through his earlobe into the door and he will become your servant for life. Do the same for your maid servant or your female servant. The Jews were allowed to buy and sell Servants. But they were not but the, but they were, were not allowed to treat them as slaves. Servants. Not slaves. So what we read, what we read in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15 is what we call the bond servant. The Hebrew is Ibed. Or where the Greek is Dulas, alright? We're gonna get there. Bond servant, a servant for life, who freely gives himself to serve, even though he had the freedom to go. This is a refusal of liberty. But piercings, when we're talking about piercings, piercings, I, I look at it as a phenomenon, an observable fact, event. Because in many places, and there are a variety of them, piercings. 
in many places and in many cultures, uh, uh, piercings are marks of identification, like my tribal marks. Identification. Mine cannot be removed. It cannot be covered. Although I tried to remove them a couple of years ago, and my wife warned me, I dare you, try to do that, and that was the end of that. Although every now and then I remind her about what I wanted, but she didn't want me to. She loves all of me. Thank God for that. Uh, but the Jewish people, the Jews were prohibited from treating servants as slaves, but piercings have significations. It's a phenomenon in many places and in many cultures. First, piercings have emotional significance to them. Uh, it's, a, it's a symbol of personality, an expression of personality, uh, rites of passage, rites of passage, like the Hebrew, that's mitzvah, or, or mitzvah, or the well and Tristan, I have a grandson now, who has made me thoroughly a servant. I'm a servant. I, I, in fact, I have no choice. In fact, he commands me to sit where he wants me to sit, watch what he wants me to watch. As a matter of fact, he's clean everywhere I sit. How about get up? Sit there. Mine. Mine, mine, mine. You know, they grow to be selfish. And just wonder. You know, uh, Jewish people have uh, circumcision. Okay, it's most like a rite of passage, things like that. But it's a symbol of identification. It's also a symbol of adornment, beauty. Well, mystic religion uh, participate in piercings. Mystic religion, mysticism, or shamanism. You will know this from India, all right? For others, piercings are associated with mystic religion. It's almost like a religion. Uh, signifies witchcraft. Certain piercings signify witchcraft because it is associated with ceremonies and satanic symbols. It can also symbolize a reaction against tradition. Well, Piercings in the body takes place in many parts of the body, <laughs> or different parts of the body. We all know them. I don't want to be graphic, all right? Ears to nipples to navel from eyebrow to nostril to lips and tongues. But earlobe piercings remain the most popular one by a wide margin of 83%. I read a lot of things about it too, but I'm not going to, you know, mention them because you know them. The piercing is popularized by pop culture. There are arguments against piercings.
from functional argument to relational argument to teleological argument, which means purpose. What's the end? To what end? Functional is you're made in God's body, I mean God's image. Okay, you're made in God's image, and we quote scriptures, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and all of that, on and on. It goes. The relational argument is that it separates believers from one another in the church because it creates distraction and argument. The purpose is, I mean, how does it serve God's purpose? What's the meaning of it all? What's God's intention? Many arguments for and against the essence. Sometimes people are just looking at the negative aspects of the essence. It's just one argument. But there's a book uh, written by Victoria Pitt. The title of the book is In the Flesh. In that book she writes, Practices such as piercings, clarification, and branding are linked to anorexia, bulimia, and what has been called delicate self-harm syndrome, which is an addictive, repetitive, non-decorative form of skin cutting, usually on the arm or legs. This is considered an expression of absolute hatred or anger, self-hatred or anger. That's just one aspect. All piercings doesn't have to be negative. But we can turn anything positive into negative if we want to. But body piercings was an established custom among the Jews in the Old Testament. For example, Exodus chapter 32, verse 2, Judges chapter 8, verse 34. But specifically, the prophets, especially Ezekiel and Isaiah, just a few scriptures. There are many of them. But I want to read just Isaiah chapter 3, verses 18 through 23. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and ankle chains and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings and fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors and the linen garments, tiaras and shawls. So royalty, even royalty, kings, brides and nation, the nation of Israel were described as being adorned with nose rings. And these decorations were worn not only by women, but also by men and children. Although I can hear the protests, not my child. But it's, and children, all of them. But the best place to begin with this actually is Genesis. But after I finished my study, I said, well, the Genesis have anything to say about that, about cutting and all of this stuff. And then I went back to Genesis chapter 1, where God made man, created man. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, that's what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after or according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, 
and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The word image is Salem. T-S-E-L-M-L-E-M. It's Salem. And it means to cut out. It's a cut, as in C-U-T. Cut. Cut out. That's the word image. Salam is used in the Old Testament to describe things such as people, coins. Obviously, it was used for Adam, okay? But it was also used for coins, for statues, and tumors in the body that represented some things that needed to be cut out. So, piercings are fun functional. This is my opinion. Although the arguments, functional, relational, teleological, or purpose. My opinion, piercings are functional aspect of the image of God. Why? Because they express artistic creativity and beauty. I should take you to Africa and show you some beauty. <laughs> and the pain involved in the beauty. But in our text, ear piercing symbolizes being a servant for life, servanthood. Servanthood. It identifies one who is a servant for life. Think about that. A servant for life. A servant that says, listen, like my t-shirt says, I'm all in. what it says. I'm all in. Me, my wife, everything we got. The dogs and cats, we're all in. Well, now, now, listen, Jesus himself called himself a servant. There were prophecies that referred to Jesus as a servant of Yahweh, the servant of the Lord. You call it Yahweh. <laughs> Yahweh. Okay. It's Jesus was a servant. You know what the average value of a servant was? 30 shekels of silver. Now, now, check out Exodus chapter 21 verse 32. Not only that, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. The value of a servant. Jesus was a servant. He called, he called himself a servant. He described himself as a servant. The scriptures there. And I'm going to bypass the scriptures for the sake of time, all right? But I just want you to see that this is not made up. It's a scriptural. Okay? But specifically, when you read the book of John chapter 13, uh, verses 3 through 5, Jesus knew who he was. He came from God and was going back to God. God gave him all the power he needed to do what he needed to do. He knew who he was. He was going back to the Father. As, as a result, he got up, took a basin, a bucket, and a towel. Sometimes that's what we need to pick up. Just pick up the basin and the towel. There's power in that. There's power in the basin. There's power in, in the bucket. There's power 
in the tower. That's what he did. Because Jesus knew who he was, he could serve. What he did was the lowest work that any, any slave would do. To wash the disciples' feet. The middle of the lowest. See, see, in my opinion, only those who know who they are, their purpose can serve in a meaningful way. See, one of our vision here is to help people discover purpose, ignite passion, and unleash potential. Somebody has said there are two important days in our lives. One, the day we were born. Second, the day we discovered what we were born for. This is important only those who know who they are can be effective servants of the Lord. And the song says, we're chosen. We are children of God. We're sons and daughters. As such, we are free to serve. Because we know who we are already. We're not trying to prove anything. We're just expressing who we are. We are free. Free servants of the Lord. Amen. So, so the followers of Christ, including the apostles, were servants. Okay? Paul called himself a servant. Timothy was a servant. Epaphras was a servant. Okay? James was a servant. Simon Peter was a servant. Jude was a servant. Even John the Revelator, read it, Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, mentioned servants. But you see, what I've noticed in the church, when I, I say church, I'm not talking about SEC, I'm talking about the body of Christ. What I've noticed in the church is that we squirm or we flinch when we hear words like servitude. Slave and bondage because of history. Because of history. Oftentimes we're more concerned about what we have been freed from when we should be more concerned about what we've been freed for. No one can be free, be freed in a vacuum. That's the problem. We're freed for a reason, for a purpose. So Jesus identifies and describes himself as a servant. The prophets speak of him, the Messiah, as a servant of the Lord. So, here's my premise. Christians should consider themselves as bond servants of Christ. Because we are free. We're not bound by anything. We're not bound by people. We're not slaves to people. We're not slaves to things. We're not slaves to habits. We're not slaves to places. We're free to serve Christ. And only free people can serve. Are you with me so far? Okay. Thank you. L listen. David, in the Old Testament, a lot of servants. Just a few examples. David considered himself a servant. 
Abraham was a servant of God. Okay, Joshua was a servant. Even Israelites, the entire nation, were called servants of Yahweh. They were all servants of God. Stay the Bible. But a bond servant, I said that earlier, right? A bond servant is a bonded laborer. A bed. The Greek doulos. It's a bonded laborer. That, that's a concept in business, all right? I have BS in business, leadership in business myself, all right? It's a concept in business, all right? Being bonded, all right? Listen, that's a bonded laborer. How would you like to be identified? How? With what? Go back to the text again, Deuteronomy chapter 15. Exodus, this time Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. I love my master, my wife, and children. I do not want to go free. The master pierces the ear. The reason I want Exodus here is because the detail. Take him before the judges when he says that. Now the word judges there is very trick, tricky in the language. Elohim is plural. Those given the authority, God-given authority to rule on behalf of God, they're called Elohim, plural. Kings were called, known as Elohim, okay? The judges, and it can be before God himself. Take the servants before God. Where? To the temple, the place of worship. That's where the, the covenant is consummated, in the temple, the place of worship. Taken to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with a metal tool, a sharp piece of metal tool. Take him there, then he'll be your servant for life. Now, we come to church every week. The church is a place of covenant with God. We've chosen to come and worship together and to do whatever God says, tells us to do. And he uses leaders. We have the lead pastor. Thank God. An anointed lead pastor. To do. It's a place of covenant. To say we are servants of the Lord for life. We're here to do life together. This is a brand. It's a brand of servitude was stamped on the servant's ear. His ear was pierced. A hole was put through his ear. He had a mark of identification. This is a servant for life. Remember Cain? Killed his brother, was given a mark that would prohibit anybody from touching him once they, they saw that mark. Was branded. A bond is something that, that binds. Remember? Isn't that a bond? Something that binds. That's a bond. A covenant, something tied together. There was a, usually a witness or there were witnesses to an agreement. 
Jesus be became a bond servant. He was in covenant with the Father to be a servant to the world. He's our Savior. He was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus was pierced. A pierced ear was the signature on the covenant for the Sabbath. You will have an open ear to the master's call. Do you? This was an adoption of the Sabbath by the master. So you belong in the household. You belong here. Ear is the organ of, of hearing. We know that, all right? The ear is referred to in various Old Testament rites, and it's a symbol of attention. Attention. Alertness. Readiness. To hear and to do whatever the master commands. Hearing the master's orders and obeying them punctually, like Abraham did. It's a, it's a, that's a symbol of sovereignty. Blood was applied to the ear. A symbol of cleansing and ordination. See, many have heard things that has affected their service for God. Ear cleansing, ear piercing is needed. When that becomes the case, we need ear piercing to do what we have been ordained to do. What we've been set apart to do. A discerning ear brings knowledge and understanding. The action of the servant is very important. First, it was voluntary. Second, it was volitional. Willful. That's his will, all right? It was willful to refuse his liberty. It was volitional, it was willful. Remember, it was also validated in the temple by witnesses. It was validated by the leaders. But there was no expiration date. That's no expiration date for faithfulness. <laughs> what you commit yourself to for life unreserved unpretentious service I'm a servant I don't reserve anything unassuming but I'm a servant how would you like to be identified so I say if you're doing piercings Intention is important. <laughs> what does it signify? What does it mean? Do it. I, I'm not going to stop people from doing 
We can't anyway. But, but why? What does it signify? We're servants of the Lord. Amen? Amen. The word of God pierces the heart. The joints, the marrow. Dividing the sound of everything that the inner life. The word pierces, pricks, where the heart has become dull of hearing. Where the heart has become feeling less. You know, some people say, I no longer feel anything. I don't feel because they've been hurt. At that point, the piercing of the heart is needed. When the heart refuses to follow new directions as God will want the heart to follow, that the, the piercing of the heart is needed. At that point, we God to pierce our hearts. Not just to break our hearts before breaks his heart. We heard that. But for God to pierce our hearts with what pierces his heart. Amen. God pierced my heart with what pierces your heart. Because Jesus is already been pierced. Amen. Well, for some of you who prayed for me that I have more time, I did have more time. It's still short, all right? But you get the idea. We're all identified as servants of Christ. That's our identification. We're all chosen. Okay? We're all called to salvation, then to service. Amen? So we don't have to wonder really what our calling is. We just need to respond to our calling. Amen? Listen, how are the military people, those who serve in the military, how are they identified? Go to the cemetery. They're not identified by the, 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 the when they were born and when they died only. They were identified by their service. World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Iraq War, whatever. They're identified by their service. And that's the way God wants us to be identified. When I die, I like to see engraved on my tomb, if I have one, Joseph, a servant of the Lord. That's the highest honor, right? That's the highest honor. So listen, let's serve. Let's serve God like David served the Lord. God's purpose in his generation. And then he rested. Let's serve God. Don't be uncomfortable. Somebody said, Simon, sometimes I feel I make some people uncomfortable. But I don't do it intentionally. I just love the Lord. I mean, a person who never knew God, all of a sudden he's called to salvation, to service. I mean, you know how that feels? I'm going to do anything God wants me to do. He gives me the grace to do it. That's what it's all about. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Pastor Isaac. Your heart is big. Thank you for your grace. SCC. Thank you. Wherever you're at right now, if you're, if you're standing or if you're sitting, I just just want you to to 
just get in the presence of the Lord right now. Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you can't hear God's word, word until you have a pierced heart or a pierced ear. Is your heart pierced by the love and grace of God? Bible says when Paul, I'm sorry, when Peter preached his first sermon and 3,000 people were saved, it says that their hearts were pierced. God wants to pierce your heart this morning. We get so comfortable living in this great country. We have Pastor Joseph over our house for dinner and, and he has these scars on his, on his face that he was given when he was seven years old. And uh, Judah asked him, my son, he says, well, how did, where did you get those scars? And he said, when I was seven, they, they marked me. And I said, Judah, you're turning seven in a few weeks. And you're going to get presents. We live in a very comfortable country. Sometimes our relationship with God needs to be a little uncomfortable at times. Where we say, God, pierce my heart once again. Show me the areas where I need to serve you deeper, love you more. Break my ego. Some of you need a broken ego. I need a broken ego. You need a broken ego. You're not the smartest person in the world. <laughs> Some of you, we, we had this sermon, you're stronger than you think you are. We should do another one called, you're dumber than you think you are. Because <laughs> you, you need a check on your ego the piercing of your heart. Let's just get in the presence of God right now. Nobody leaving. Let's just take this moment and say, God, where, where can I serve you more, God? Praise you, Jesus. Let's sing that before we pray.
week was a was a very emotional week for some people in leadership at the church. Uh, there was a, a a young man who uh, came into our church about a year and a half ago. His name was Steve Steve Hendricks, and uh, Steve walked in. He he had this huge neck tattoo, and, and he had these big earrings. And I remember the first service he came came to the altar and we we, we prayed for him. He's, gave his heart to the Lord the first service he came and he, he shared with with Joe and, and myself how this was the first church that he ever felt comfortable coming into and he would come to other churches and people would look at him like he was like the flame and he came into this church and people swarmed to him like he was the most precious person in the world and, and Steve I baptized him on June the 4th along with about 35 other people in my in my pool, and um, some of you may know we've been sending out emails for prayers for Steve. He had an asthma attack. Um, it was about like six months ago, I think, and has been fighting for his life on life support for the last six months. And I, I officiated the the ceremony of his homecoming to heaven this this past week, and um, he, he went on up. up up to be with his Savior. And, you know, we were praying that, that God would raise him up and he would be a testimony to, to, to the nations, this miracle, and, and, you know, he didn't, he went up to heaven, which is a miracle for sure. But I said, you know what, maybe, maybe in his death, people could receive life. And at the, the, the funeral service, packed with people, tattoos, you know, and I told him, I said, we just preach on tattoos, so, you know, I'm not that kind of pastor. And, and the, the whole room, I, I get a message for salvation, received Jesus at that memorial service. Sometimes we need to remind it that our life is just a vapor. That we are, are, are so, our bodies are so temporary. We are so, such fragile people. Has God pierced your heart? Is your heart pierced for the kingdom of God? So if it's not, if you're unsure, don't leave here today not knowing for sure. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you shall be saved. Watch as everyone in here, watch as bow our heads right now. Father, we thank you for this great gift of salvation that we do nothing. It's not based on our goodness. There are no good people in heaven. There are saved people in heaven. And Father, I thank you that you sent your son to do what we couldn't do, live the perfect life, be able to, to make it down the Via Della Rosa and, and be able to be stretched out on a cross so that I can be saved, that there is salvation, that there is new life, and Father, I pray for everyone in here that may have never given their life to you. They've never allowed their heart to be pierced by your grace, or maybe they, they, they've fallen away and they've gotten dull to your presence. They've gotten dull to your calling. They've gotten dull to what it's like to be a servant of the Most High. You're calling them back like you called the prodigal son back in Luke 15. If you're in here this morning, everyone, eyes closed, everybody looking around, 
You say, that's me. I want my heart to be pierced by Christ. I want to know him. That's your prayer. On the count of three, I just want you to take your right hand and place it over your heart. One, two, three. Let's just say this prayer as a, as a church family together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for grace. I thank you for piercing my heart. For dying on the cross for me. I put my faith in you this morning. My heart is yours. Create in me a clean heart. And Jesus, lead me. Make all things new. And I will be your servant for life. Not because I have to, but because I want to. I am free to serve in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. If you were, were you guys blessed by Pastor Joseph this morning, man?